This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Greetings listeners, today we have a special treat in store. My guest is someone who's used to being the interviewer with a show of her own. She's also a writer. Her name? Rachel Dore. Welcome Rachel. Thank you Anne for having me on your show. So as I've already said, Rachel is a writer, so today's programme will be about aspects of writing and opportunities to share it. So Rachel, I understand you facilitate a writer's group, so what's it called? This is Fielding Daylight Writers. And it's um, in, in Fielding? That's right, yes. We meet monthly at the seminar room, which is just down the drive behind Literacy Fielding in Manchester Street. I think it's 131 Manchester Street, quite near the Manawatu District Council building. So uh, is it only for, uh, for Fielding writers or is it a wider group? It is a wider group. I started it in Fielding because that's the town nearest to where I live in the rural area and because I wanted a writing group and at the time that I started it, um, there wasn't one. But now we have members coming from – we have one member from uh, Wai, Wai, Waiweri, Waiweri Beach, down that way anyway, past Levin, and um, – Foxton, we've got a number from Foxton, and Whanganui, and Martin, and of course Fielding. So you started it because you wanted a writing group and there wasn't one. That's right. Great. So, um, and how long ago was that? Well, actually, it's so long ago I can scarcely remember. I was shocked the other day when I looked into it. It's been... Not in its original form, but it was actually started nearly 14 years ago. Then uh, we moved to the Fielding Library and we kind of got, I sort of suppose, pushed out of that because the Fielding Library started a very noisy group with a loud, with a uh, speaker speaker system, you know, uh, yes, a PA system that drowned any conversation out. And so we left and we went to the seminar room at Literacy Fielding, which is much better. We can really let loose and have and laugh and debate and discuss and carry on. We get quite noisy, rumbunctious even. <laughs> so who, who's this um, group for? Well, adults who have time during the day. About six years ago, uh, people were saying, you know, people who had shift work or people who had com- uh, commitments during the day said, can we do this at night? So I started Night Writers, and I, that was in the Fielding Library once a month as well. And that went really well, but, you know, the personnel, the people in the group change over the years. I think the at the moment, Daylight Writers – the person who's been going to it, the group as it is has been coming for nearly nine years. 
Right. But Knight Riders has more or less disbanded when lockdown began. You know, the numbers were quite few anyway. And the library said they didn't really want to put staff on just for us when the future was uncertain with COVID and everything. So you have to be a writer to belong? Well, yes and no. Well, there are kind of writers. There are people who fall into the kind of category. They're readers. They love language. They love literature. They think they might want to write. They want to talk about writing. They're fascinated by how writers do what they do. And those people are welcome also. So um, is there a cost to come to the to the group? Again, yes and no and kind of. <laughs> well, we have to pay, pay rent for the room, but it's quite cheap. And so what happens, we say put in a donation, at least a, a decent gold coin, and any other money is collected for an, any um, expenses we may have. And at present, we're aiming to put – well, we're collecting work for an anthology – so any money we've got in the kitty will be going towards producing this collection of short stories and poems. Oh, that's great because we'll be going into a bit later on how you get things published and produced. So um, it's a donation each time you go so rather than a membership to belong. Oh, that's right, right. yes. Okay. Yes, because some people want to try it out and some people have got commitments. They try desperately to squeeze one morning a month out of their commitments. We have people who are suddenly finding themselves caring for grandchildren or um, shift work that shifts or they weren't employed and now they are. There's all sorts of things that can happen and interfere with people's attendance. So um, you've mentioned where it is. Where, where again? 131 Manchester Street. Literacy Fielding's on a corner, more or less next to the MDC, uh, the Manawatu District Council building, and we're down. We're down the, the seminar room. It's just down the drive. You can't miss it really. Um, it's usually parking round the play, round um, either in, uh, by the Makino Pools or across at the Salvation Army thrift shop. There's parking and somewhere. And all free. <laughs> and it's free. Exactly. We have currently a question hasn't been asked. Um, we have about. 10 to 12 members at the moment, which is actually quite a lively bunch, you know. Hmm. So that um, well, that was one of my questions, but oh, the next question – No, no, that's fine. I mean, you've answered it, so I don't need to ask it. But um, what actually do, do you do in these meetings? You've mentioned briefly people might want to come do this, that and the other. But hmm. um, So is there a structured content of the meetings or is it sort of played by ear or you said you facilitated it? So um, Yes. Well, I am a trained facilitator. So basically a facilitator makes sure that everyone has their their turn as much as anything and also keep keeping things on track. There are times when it feels a little bit like a vicar, the vicar of Dibley, but um, generally it's keeping it all on track so that uh, – because it's so easy for people to start – You know, sidetracked. <laughs> well, yes, because – yes, it's easy. And sometimes people verbalize their stories um, and they want to write about it and that triggers memories 
And that's fine to a certain extent because it keeps things very lively. And also there's a fair amount of resource sharing that go, can go on. But the facilitator needs to keep keep a little bit in control and rein it back in because one of the things that we do, we have a culture that's been built up over years of giving constructive feedback right. to one another's work. So we do this in two ways. Mostly people bring along their piece of writing. Sometimes it's just a draft and sometimes it's something they've really put a lot of um, effort into polishing and they read it aloud or invite someone else to do so. And the rest of the group notice things that might be um, useful for the writer to know. So, you know, we avoid cliches. We notice if something sounds a bit clunky or um, so on. And so little uh, feedback can go a long way to help a writer develop and uh, begin to have that build the difference between using constructive feedback productively as opposed to having a fear of criticism, you know. Oh, right, because I, I remember reading a book once and um, early on in the book it said the, um, something about a son or a daughter or whatever, and then uh, just a few pages over it said that the person had no children. And I thought, hmm. So those sort of things would be picked up as well as, oh, as yes. exactly, exactly. So the work that people may read aloud may be a, a, an excerpt of something that they're working on. And different people, different writers, are working on different things. There's um, memoir, there are short stories, there are novels, there are bits and pieces of poetry. There are um, people working on different genres. You name it, it, it biography. We've got someone working on, on a biography. Um, so it doesn't matter about the genre it matters about um, getting the writing done in the best possible way and everybody finding their own voice. So, and, it, and as I say, it's about sharing and supporting one another to write and keep writing and write better and write more. So if somebody's trying to thinking about uh, writing something to get published, um, this is something that... Uh, the group would be good for so that they could bounce it off them and say, well, do you think, you know, people would want to read this? Because often I've written things and I thought, well, who'd want to read that? <laughs> yeah, that's very common, actually. And so bouncing ideas around can be, um, it can stimulate your creativity, but it can also build a bit of confidence. The story of people who have, they go, well, I don't know that I've got anything that anyone will want to know. That's, I don't know where that comes from, probably some childhood stuff that people carry around, you know, about minding our P's and Q's and not bothering to uh, draw attention Be to ourselves. Be seen, not heard. <laughs> seen and not heard, you name it. But actually, a lot of stories are really worth listening to and writing. Um, the biggest thing, I think, that, and this is where the work of the facilitator comes in, is when people can speak an amazing story out of their own lives or something they've noticed or they've got an idea and they have it fully in their minds and somehow filling, uh, it's like having a funnel, you know, if you try to put 
strawberries through a funnel with a narrow spout. It's not only difficult, it may not work. And sometimes I think the difference between the marvellous stories that so many of us have and that fine, almost pipette-sized funnel (laughs) is being able, it's the craft of writing, being able to articulate it in words Does it make that it hang more together. fluid? That, yes. yes. That and, and of course, and that's the thing. It's not just about the writing and having the story and sharing it. It's about doing it in such a way that a reader gets what you mean. All right. Because a reader can't always ring you up and say, <laughs> I've just read this, but can you tell me more? No, it's either in the story or not. And this is where a writing group is really most beneficial. All right, so we, we've mentioned where it is at 130 Manchester Street. Oh, 131. When. 131. Yes. Oh, it, yes, I, I had yeah, written yeah. 131. I beg your pardon. So 131 Manchester people. Um, but we didn't say when. Ah, uh, yes. The third Tuesday of every month at 10.30 in the morning, and we usually finish at 12. Sometimes we go... There was one day we went well past one o'clock. Um, and I guess if somebody else needed the room, we'd have to get out of there. But uh, it depends on the, how lively the conversation's going and how much people are reading and how many people turn up. But even 10 people can fill that time, believe me. Usually finishes at 12. So if somebody, a listener is thinking about, oh, that, that might be a good idea, I might go along, um, do they just turn up or, or do they contact you or what happens? Well, you could do both. You could just turn up. Our next meeting is March the 15th, so it's always the third Tuesday. This goes back to one of the original members who was a nurse and only had that day off. <laughs> oh, right. Um, so we've just stuck with it. So my email address, um, shall I give it to you now yes, or at please. the end of the yes. show? Now? Yes. All right. RD yes. at inspire.net.nz. So that's uh, lowercase rd at inspire.net.nz. Yes. And I might say the RD is actually for the two letters of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not an RD, a laurel or anything <laughs> like that. No. <laughs> No. So, right, so we've got meetings the third Tuesdays of the month at 10.30 um, till round about 12 in the um, rooms in, in Manchester, 131 Manchester Street, the yes. seminar room. Um, and a donation of, of um, a gold coin minimum um, to cover rent, etc. Now, do you have, um, it's just a, it's not a coffee kind of chat, or is it just um, you don't you don't have a drink with it? No, no, no. no, no. So it's not a coffee. I chat, mean, if you need, if you're one of these people with low blood sugar and you need to nibble something or drink something, bring it along for sure. Some people go afterwards down to one of the Rose coffee Bowl shops cafe right. or something mm-hmm. and socialise. Mm. Right. So. We, we've got that you're the facilitator, uh, facilitator, sorry, of the fielding day daylight daylight um, writers. writers group, and um, although it's not limited to fielding, so if you live in Palmerston North or somewhere close by that you can get to fielding fairly easily, then do go along and or either that or 
um, email Rachel on rd at inspire.net.nz and um, find out a bit more or whatever. So is there anything else that you'd like to mention about the actual group and what you do, etc.? Now, when you're involved with something quite deeply, that question suddenly thinks, oh, have I forgot, forgotten to mention such and such? No, <laughs> it's, it is a mixed group, although at the moment we have only one gentleman who comes along. Uh, he's, he is such good value. He comes from one of the beaches down past – I don't know why it's – why, but no, was it – no, Waikawa, Waikawa, oh, right. that's it. Yes, he comes from Waikawa uh, once a month. Um, no, but I will say, you know, one of the things that I think the whole group is quite proud of – most apparently, most writers' group have a lifespan before people get annoyed with one another and spit the dummy, and the whole thing collapses. Right. And we have actually uh, managed to stay alive all this length of time. And if even if we just look at the um, the um, period when the the member who's been there the longest at the moment, this from the you people there nine now, years, nine yes. years, it's blooming good. Yes, and, and everybody is an active writer? At the moment, yes. And in fact, uh, we're working towards putting out a collection of short stories and poems. So that's the latest project. So everybody is very active. And some of the members who are, shall we say, remote members, people who we've got oh, a, right. a man in Martin who can't come because his employment situation's changed. And we have... Uh, a professional proofreader who used to be part of the group. She's now a published crime writer. She lives in the Waikato and misses the group terribly. <laughs> and I said, why don't you just start another one? You know, so we, right. we keep in touch. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll move on now to actually things, to some personal things. So you're a published writer? Not yet. No, but you have written things. I, so yeah. um, I used to be a, a newspaper reporter. I, I did a bit of that for the sports news years ago when that was in vogue. I used to write for the archery. Oh, really? But, um, oh, I used to do archery too. So, um, oh, we chat about that off air. One of these days, <laughs> yes. I should really. I've, I think I've lost my arm now, my so strength of my arm. So you're um, looking to publish or you, or you just uh, write I have for a, the a sake novel. of it? I have a novel coming out this year. Right. I will know next week when it might be out. I'm not. So, what sort yeah. of process did you go through to get it out? I mean, it's not quite there yet, but um, yeah, I can't say. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it yet. Oh, well, I in see that the case, contract, that's all right then. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Um, one of the things about uh, doing doing the writers' group and being interested in writing and writing for years and years, I've I've. I felt like I was a real writer the first time I got rejected, actually. I, I sort of handed in this novel and uh, to Longacre Press. They did now that, oh, you know, we've got gone out most, of fashion. Yeah, <laughs> they've gone. Most of the publishers have sort of merged or gone out of business. But, um, and it was rejected, and I got the, I've, I'm a real writer. I've got my first rejection. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, I was lucky enough to get some feedback, and I thought, "I oh, dash it all, they're right too," 
and started to unpick it. And it sat there in the drawer, unpicked, rather like knitting. When you stop writing, when, you, when you're knitting something complicated and you make a mistake, I don't know if you've ever done that, and you, put, you decide to unpick it and use the wool for something else. I've done that and just sat in the basket until the child it was meant for grew to be 17. <laughs> and I'd started it when she was three. So, <laughs> so, yes. so I, and I've looked really carefully at what it takes to write. Um, I did a, after I'd been a, in fact, I think while I was working as a reporter, I did an online uh, diploma of applied writing. Um, with North Tech, Polytech, and um, that was amazing because the reason I did that was I was finding it really hard after being a newspaper journalist, writer, whatever, to actually allow myself the freedom to write creatively. I felt as if all the creativity had been jammed up and imprisoned and squashed down and I needed something that was going to release it, something was going to open the cage door. And that was the only thing I could do at the time because I still had to earn a living and I couldn't attend one of the university courses because that was out of the question time-wise and, and money financially as well. So I did this thing with North Tech and that, yeah, it all went upwards from there. It was fine. So I know you've got some other questions about some of the other things I've done, but there's some of it. Right. So, and so what's your motivation to write? So why, why did you start writing? Was it through school or you just sort of no, felt... No, I think, you know, my mother was a person who was quite um, artistic and she's a great reader and I was... I was going to use the word forced. I'm probably one of these traumatized people. <laughs> um, I was very little, well before school. I was a, a very early reader. And um, I was made to recite Shakespeare. Oh, goodness. And Burns <laughs> and things like that. And, um, yeah, I suppose being expressed in writing – was something that had always fascinated me, and reading. I was an I was an avid reader. I read all sorts of things that children ought not read, including things that were wrapped in brown paper that my father had in his <laughs> drawers. You know, <laughs> and uh, I actually got into a little bit of trouble at um, intermediate school because I wrote something that may have been a little inappropriate for a child to have written. It was based loosely the, on something what you'd that seen had in been this brown wrapped paper. in brown paper, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um, and that actually had a discouraging effect on me, I think. Um, and I can remember my mother, my mother's admonishment included things like, what makes you think you've got anything to say? What makes you think you have got anything anyone would be interested in? And that injunction held me back from 
doing anything with my writing for most of my life. I know it sounds mad. And then you decided, blow, I'm no, going to. No, I kept to... writing. I kept yeah. writing. Oh, you did write. Oh, I right. kept writing, but it felt like masturbation. I felt like I was doing something really, really, really <laughs> Naughty bad. Right. And so I just kept doing it. And it took, I think I had to go to, for therapy <laughs> till I actually allowed myself to write. <laughs> This is a terrible. I've never confessed this to anyone. <laughs> and now what you've have put you it done? over the air. <laughs> so, um, do you think for a writer that the, that a basic talent is necessary, or, or can anybody write? I mean, I guess anybody can write, but whether it's good or not, it depends on the reader. So, are there any actual requisites? Do you think that would make a good writer? If they, if people are going to write in English, um, some command of English would be a good start. Um, and being prepared to accept feedback and, and critique and guidance and also to be inquisitive enough to find out what do they need to do to, to that, that image that I gave of the, um, the funnel with the pipette, um, how to get those ideas down into writing. But... I'm a painter and I've been an art teacher and and all that sort of thing and drama coach. Creator. So yeah, <laughs> creator. And believe me, I think creativity is something that we all actually have. It's Just a matter of it, bringing it out. It's about bringing it out and it's about finding out how to do it to the point we where we are satisfied. That comes before satisfying someone else actually. And it depends on the personality. So you think it's best to write for yourself? To begin with. Yes. To begin with. because And read, 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 so read. So diaries and things are a good idea. Then Absolutely. Right. Journaling your ideas and your feelings. The feelings are, are even more important than the ideas. How do you make feelings into words? And that's an interesting thing because some of our feelings are associated with pre-verbal um, parts of our brain and we don't right. and finding her way and that's where reading comes in handy reading how other people are doing it is really valuable so any particular genre you find it's it's um, more useful than others and we've got about a minute left so. oh no we have only just we'll have to have in a second series um <laughs> it's too hard to say really that uh, all genre everyone should feast on writing on reading and writing. Did I say right? I meant reading and writing. Just experiment. Because the two go together. You can't have one without the other. No, you've like got to love read. love marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to read in order to help your writing, really. Mm. Yes, and good books. Uh, well, when I say good books, um, sort of not – well, even comics, I suppose, are quite good to read, but uh, they're not meant to be the top quality, are they? No, but they can be a doorway. Um, graphic novels – uh, can be a doorway to reading other types of literature. And p particularly children's picture books and things, which are, uh, I believe they have adults' picture books as well now. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, so um, we've run out of time, so we'll just have to finish off. So um, 131 Manchester Street on the third Tuesday of the month at 10.30, go along to um, the Feeling Daylight, Daylight Writers for a um, donation so thank you very much Rachel that's been very interesting <laughs> thank you Anne
If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. <laughs> 